This is The Naturalist. In every episode, we're covering the products, ideas, and trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. I, I long ago adopted a metric that if I could be paid by smiles on babies' faces, <laughs> that'd be the best. The universe is full of hydrocarbons. The mycelium can break down hard hydrocarbons and reform them into fungal carbohydrates, which are sugars. So that's the first sequence in creating soil. So Jessica, are you taking your lion's mane supplements? Not yet. Not yet, Adrian. I felt so inspired by the talk that Paul Stamets did at Expo East and our interview with him. I immediately went and told everyone that I know they have to start taking Lion's Mane right now. I need to go look up again why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm planning on buying myself some on the way home. Well, if you were taking your Lion's Mane, you might remember why. That's a great point. A great point. So let's get right down to it. There's a fungus among us. So, yeah, we we had the best conversation. I think we agree it was a highlight for both of us at Expo this year with Paul Stamets. Yeah, I still actually kind of get somewhere between a thrill and a shiver, you know, just thinking about it. It was it was so special, moving and just yeah, incredible. Yeah. And he's always been, you know, someone I've really admired in the industry. And I had the opportunity to visit the host defense facility a few years ago, many years ago. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I one thing that struck me was just how committed everyone there was to the cause and this belief that mushrooms can really change the world. And so he surrounds himself with people who are as passionate about this space as he is. And I think that's that's really, really cool. And uh, but but what I didn't know, even through my past conversations with him and meeting him years ago, was just how thoughtful he is. Like, I just thought our conversation with him was so beautiful because it opened up for me at least this whole other side. And of course, his keynote was absolutely uh, mesmerizing. Yeah. And and kindness. That's that was the message that I really was holding on to from his from his keynote. Um, that he reiterated in, in our interview, just putting kindness first and the the return on investment for kindness. I, I just felt that that was so, it was beautiful. We don't talk about yeah. it enough. Now, yes. of, course, of course, Paul Stamets is the founder and the owner of Fungi Perfecti, Host Defense. He's the co-founder of Mycomedica Life Sciences, the co-director of the nonprofit for the Center for Ecological Consciousness, and the author of multiple books about psilocybin, mushroom identification, cultivation. Um, and that's just really the tip of the ice. He's a legend. He's a legend. He's done so many things. And I think now there's this real mushroom awakening, in part thanks to the flood of media headlines. I was looking up some of the the headlines that we've seen recently. Mushroom magic, why the latest health fad might be on to something. Yes. another one was a first timer's guide to healing with functional mushrooms there was the last of us i was gonna say have you seen the last of us i couldn't help but think about that as he was talking fungus won't make you a zombie here's how mushrooms might actually make you healthier so it's definitely hit kind of mainstream media and mainstream 
awareness. And I think a lot of these headlines are focused on dispelling myths and stereotypes and shining a spotlight on the host of scientific studies supporting the now well-founded physical and psychological benefits of mushrooms. Well, and so it's really no surprise. I mean, the mushroom market is booming for functional mushrooms. And there's so much science and innovation going on in the space. Um, sales are anticipated to reach $164 million in 2023, according to our own Nutrition Business Journal. So it's a huge market and one that continues to to expand. Definitely. And, you know, I think for consumers, product formulators, retailers, the mushroom craze is somewhat new, or at least it's being newly embraced. But for world-renowned mycologist Paul Stamets, it's just affirmation of something that for nearly four decades of his impassioned work, he's never wavered on, this idea that mushrooms can change the world. What I think is so inspiring about him is he's really spent his entire career. I mean, he spent 40 years or more funneling resources into studying mycelium, um, of course, I'm. I was always. I'm always so happy for the refresher on the difference between <laughs> mycelium and mushrooms. But so mycelium, key stage in the mushroom life cycle. It's very different from the fruiting body, the mushroom's fruit body. And during that mycelium stage, um, there's all kinds of unique compounds that are not found in the fruit body that are produced. You would be making Paul so proud right now. Now, as our keynote at Natural Products Expo East Supplement Symposium, he discussed not only the range of health benefits in dietary supplements formulated with mycelium, but also in the growing body of research surrounding psilocybin for mental health. But as you noted, Adrian, I think that what transcended all of that was his exploration of the role of kindness, consciousness, and collaboration in the natural products community and just in society at large. And he received a Lifetime Achievement Award, didn't he? He did, yes. NBJ's Lifetime Achievement Award, which is a huge accomplishment and represents all of his work, his body of work over the years, and his ongoing research and commitment to this space. So we had the unique opportunity. We were able to sit down with Stamets following his incredible keynote. We got to talk to him a little bit more about his life's mission and, of course, his infamous mushroom hat. The mushroom cap. Yes. Just a quick caveat before we dive into the interview. We do know, of course, that the audio quality is a little bit different for this episode since we are live from the Expo East show floor during our conversation with Paul. But this interview is just so valuable, and we wanted to make sure we still shared this incredible conversation with our community. So bear with us. So without further ado, Paul Stamets. Thanks for being here, our NBJ Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Congratulations. And you're wearing a mushroom. Yeah. And that's become, it's, it's actually become an inspiration for the fashion industry in many ways. Yeah. The hat is made from a Amadou mushroom, it's made by uh, some ladies in Transylvania. Um, it's from a wood clark and it's, um, you put the mushrooms in water with ashes for a few days and it delaminates and you can pull the mushroom apart and it creates this fabric. Does it still have that earthy smell? No, it's not. It's too bad. I actually so, really love that. It's very warm, though. Yeah. Sustainable fashion at its finest. Yeah. So, well, I thought we were going to start talking about kindness, but we're starting by talking about fashion, so it's already fun. But you started your keto, which was absolutely beautiful this morning. We're at Expertise. 
with kind of your principles that you live by and that drive your business and your decision making, it seemed, and those were, if I remember correctly, kindness, courage, strength, and wisdom. Okay, very good note And I thought that was beautiful. It resonated. And we'd love to hear just a little bit more about that, kind of how you believe and why those values are so important to your work. Well, I'm a scientist as well as an entrepreneur, and I like to recontextualize really the advantage of evolution is not competition between the fittest, but it's the extension of generosity of surplus beyond that of your own needs. And when you give to a neighbor, to somebody else, you know, food, nutrition, assets, emotional support, it's just human nature not to be thankful, but now you have an indebtedness to pay back. You're going to realize when that person is suffering or, you know, has a challenge, you're going to naturally want to reciprocate. They were there for me. I want to be there for them. That builds a bridge of a relationship. And I see that's so important, even within this industry um, and just the way of life in general. You know, this is not something that's taught at Harvard Business School, I'm sure, because there isn't a Machiavellian metric on a payback that you can monetize. But monetization of values is almost antithetical. The value should be held as part of your DNA, as your modus operandi, or who you are. And then I think people like to follow leaders and individuals who they know they're genuine and they're not just seeking their own advantage, but they're trying to help the community. Yeah. The common phrase of the rising tide on its own boats is very much true. And so in these stormy times, if I can push this metaphor, we need to have a greater emphasis on our common interests and building bridges of collaboration than creating divides. Creating divides is short-term, short-lived, not sustainable. I, that, was, that was also in my notes for Beer Keto, was just that idea of coming together around common goals, shared goals. I see so much of that in the conscious products community of what is it that we want to achieve, and even if there's different ways of getting there, we're all kind of aligned around the end goal. How has that influenced your work in the mycelium and psilocybin space of you know, people coming together around a common goal. Are you seeing more of that collaboration and alignment in your specific web? I, I long ago adopted a metric that if I could be paid by smiles on babies' faces, <laughs> that'd be the best. That's all you need. That's the best income you can have, right? <laughs> well, how do we get more yeah. smiles on babies' faces? Because the baby will be happy for mother's happy. Mother will be happy if the family's happy. The community will be healthier with help, a healthier families. So it's truly a network, you know, that we need to reinforce and collaborate with. So what I see, and I mention this because um, I have a great time taking kids on mushroom walks. And, and I tell the kids, listen, we've got an Easter egg hunt. Uh, this is better than an Easter egg hunt, okay? And you're closer to the ground, so you're going to see more than your parents will see. <laughs> and that you can't be 
poisoned by a mushroom by touching it, okay? Um, so find mushrooms and then be the first one to find them. And then what happens oftentimes is the parents and even the children will go, I never knew there were so many around me all the time because they weren't paying attention to the earth. And this is what I think mushrooms give you as a portal into the ecosystem where you begin to understand the natural nature's alive all around you and for us to be more aware. Yeah. One of the big concerns I have about artificial intelligence is, is the shiny uh, uh, Christmas ornament on the tree. Um, sure, it's attractive, it's interesting, it's beautiful, but you can you imagine living in an artificial environment, reality, that becomes your reference standard and you lose the context of being with na in nature. Computer systems can fail. The electrical grid can go down. Lithium batteries can go out. Ultimately, you're going to have to always depend on your skills of being able to be knowledgeable about nature in order to survive. It's fundamental. It doesn't matter what technologies that we develop. We came from the fabric of nature. We are part of nature. We're not a part of nature. It's so important that we understand literally our roots um, and, may, and be good custodians of the ecosystem. You know, you can't eat a microchip. You know, you can't, uh, you know, you can't inhale electricity. I'm, I'm pushing it, pushing the envelope there. I'm saying is we need clean water, soil, food, and air. We have to do that by respecting and always understanding that we have responsibility to protect the earth that gave us birth. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and interesting when you talk about how your work in mushrooms specifically can be that kind of anchor or like anchor, like literally to the earth, to nature, and then to our common goals around improving health of people and planet. It's also, we're very complex systems. Um, the amount of crosstalk, not only within our own neurology, but as we interface with the microbiomes of the soils, it's well known that children that play in the playground and during it have a better immune system than people who live in, uh, kids who live in very hygienic environments. Well, you're immunologically educated from your exposure to the natural elements. So it's far better to have a threshold of immune native innate immune health than it is to become immunologically deficient and then to have, to have drugs against any one of thousands of pathogens that could be infecting you because you're not ready. You're not immunologically educated. So being in contact with nature keeps your immune system experienced and then you have genetic memory that you can pull that tool out of your biological, immunological tool chest to be able to respond to potential threats. I've been very much involved in immunology and, and working with bees and trying to help the immune systems of not only bees, but other animals. And um, what's really amazing to me is that the entourage effect of natural products activates so many different receptors that a single molecule is not a play. This dance of molecules creates a symphony response. And you can tune this by carefully selecting and promoting 
um, the immunological allies that can uh, bolster host defensive immunity. And so that goes especially with mushrooms. Uh, so there's lots of species of mushrooms which have been used as tonics in Chinese medicine. And it's really not the, quite the right word. Um, it would be lack the vocabulary to actually describe that it keeps your immune system on high state of readiness. So then you can not have the needs um, that farmers build a giant multi-billion dollar business and treating people with diseases because disease means literally discombobulated, you know, diseased. You're, you are not uh, in balance. So I, I think our understanding of the natural world is really advancing where there's a convergence of conventional medicine and natural product support. Natural product support can support uh, conventional medicine. The two are not in antithetical, they shouldn't be antithetical. So we have so many, we have many questions and I know we have limited time, but I do wanna, like maybe Adrian, Adrian and I were talking about like, you know, the various interviews and, and things we've read both from New Hope and others where you talk about all the potential and unlocking the potential of mycelium and psilocybin. Can we talk about like the future now? Cause you're so ahead, right? Like you've been talking about it, researching and studying these things for years, decades. So what's, what's next for you? And Adrian, I know you wanted to ask specifically about mycelium and what's next there. That's... Well, I was just wondering, you know, are we really at the tip of the iceberg in terms of all of the potential that's there for mycelium? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about, or read a lot about, um, I've heard you speak a lot about different discoveries you've worked on, your work with bees, um, your dis research into pest control, all of these different challenges that you've had in bringing some of these things to market. But it seems like, you know, are we just at the very beginning of all of the potential that can be unlocked from mycelium? Well, mycelium is a giant, giant deep well of knowledge. When you look at the structure of mycelium as a network, just like our nervous system is, but due to epigenesis, and it's, it's not a hard concept to, to conceive, to understand, um, and the breadth of my arms like this, a mycelial network can have trillions, literally trillions of end branches. And the mycelium um, tends to be multinuclear at the tips. Now, what that means is there's multiple nuclei, and they're kind of dancing around, and they'll come up against a new food source. It could be a new chemical toxin, heretofore never seen or experienced by the mycelium. If of those trillions of, of chips, if just one of them codes for a new enzyme that breaks down a hydrocarbon or a pesticide or new food, styrofoam, plastic, then if it's successful, what does that mean? It consumes it. So now it's got a genomic expression that's resident within the mycelium. So these are learning memories. There are actually vast computer-like networks that has been involved in our planet, you know, since the very beginning of life. And so because of that inherent ability to learn, to come up with new solutions, it's a fantastic opportunity for us to say, what does the mycelial networks have within them 
to adjust some of the greatest challenges that we have today. So what are some of those? What are some of those big challenges that Mycelia can address? Your top three. The top three. Oh my goodness. I what <laughs> If you want to share all 20, we have the time. I don't think you do. <laughs> so I can go down the list. Um, one is increase in immune function, uh, novel antivirals, antibacterial agents, um, activating neurogenesis or repairing neurons, uh, breaking down toxins from hydrocarbons to pesticides to plastic uh, to also the recalcitrant pollutants that our synthetic industry is creating, heretofore not even known in nature. So that's the beauty of this, is that these mycelial networks are like communities of scientists that are constantly engaged in experimentation. So that's a huge opportunity. The other uh, is uh, creating fabrics, replacing insulation, uh, building materials. Um, we, we got a, a grant through, through NASA for breaking down asteroid and Mars dust in the soil to grow food on other planets. The universe is full of hydrocarbons. The mycelium can break down hard hydrocarbons and reform them into fungal carbohydrates, which are sugars. So that's the first sequence in creating soil. And then the sugars then get utilized by other organisms. So they're, they're gateway species that once they they break down the hydrocarbons, then a whole bunch of other organisms can follow the path of mycelium. One of the things I proposed is that because the nanostructure of mycelium, so carbon rich, 85% uh, carbon, you can create uh, structures on Mars and our planet. They're only highly insulative, but the house itself becomes a pattern. If it's a nanowire, then it can store electricity. So you have insulation, you grow your food, harvest, eat the mushrooms, take the mycelium, build a habitat for a dwelling, make that habitat dwelling your giant battery, and then store electricity from solar panels during the sun. And then, I mean, it, it keeps on elaborating further. <laughs> so Is that, do you, I mean, that sounds pretty revolutionary. Do you think that's the most revolutionary idea you had of how society could use mycelium, or is there another? The most revolutionary idea I have is... We're at the Alabama, literally. ...is an authentication of indigenous wisdom that we are all one. And this is what Sol Sabin, I think, is we need to have a peace treaty with mushrooms. We need to have a peace treaty with psilocybin. Psilocybin is the medicine for our time. And for those who aren't experienced, besides I believe psilocybin makes nicer people, more cooperative, reduces crime, more collaborative, what law enforcement or judge or politician did not want to reduce crime? I mean... Or have nicer people. Or have nicer people. Who's against that, you know? Um, so not only is that paradigm shifting in and of itself, but um, I, I speak personally. I, I had a very powerful dream this morning. My brother John died about eight years ago. Um, and I can't believe I'm sharing this. Um, 
but my brother John spoke to me in my dream. Um, and I'm very much tormented by the loss of my brother, who's my mentor. Um, and my brother John said, Paul, your research on psilocybin, you're on the right path. It's much bigger than anything that you or other humans can conceive. And I thought, wow, um, I've never had a dream like that before. But my brother is coming back and he's like, keep doing what you're doing. It is much bigger. But you're now opening up the door that other ancestors and indigenous people have opened. But the beauty of going through that door is all encompassing. So the unanimity of being into a super consciousness, which some people call God and some religions you know, try to navigate to this, but there are some extant truths in life that are self-apparently obvious that you know to your core is true. I know to my core, the most revolutionary understanding that I have is that we're in this corporeal form, we're an assembly of molecules and atoms. We came from the soils that gave us birth. We came from stardust. We return to it. That's not a bad thing. It should give everyone solace that they're a part of a much larger system. And the dance of molecules and the harmony and symphony of the universe is beautiful and fundamentally good. And I think to me, that's the biggest realization I've had is we have such a narrow vision right now and what my communication, I can't believe I'm talking about this, <laughs> about my brother, my, my communication was, it's so much better than you can even imagine. And uh, everyone is leading to this point in time. So I think making peace with mushrooms and psilocybin gets into that cellular network of knowledge because all my cellular membranes are listening, reacting, you put a footprint down on top of it, it leaves an impression that mycelium is awakening to your footsteps and all the activity from sound, from electricity, everything. Nature is sentient and aware. And the more that we're, you know, it's just like a child, for instance. If you're a child with bad habits, if you know the mother's watching you, you're going to behave a lot better, right? Well, nature is a mother, and nature is watching us. So we can't get away with anything. We think about that. Anything that we do that hurts the community ultimately hurts ourselves. And it's our, it's our adolescent knowledge and trying to become wiser as we become older and accumulate wisdom that really puts us into a bigger perspective. We need to have leaders that understand that the community health is individual health on a macro level and moreover on a molecular level. The universe is beautiful and kind and rich uh, with laughter, ideas, fun. I think there's a sense of humor that mushrooms have. They constantly, every single time my ego goes, out there, mushrooms, bam! <laughs> they teach me a new lesson, right? Well, you are 
Thank you, Paul. Thank you so, yeah, so that much. Was... I mean, you're a remarkable person in so many ways. And of course, you're a scientist. You've done so much for the natural products industry. But you're also like the most beautiful story that was so moving I've <laughs> ever encountered. And you bring people along with you and to have this overarching mes message of kindness and joy is such a beautiful thing. So, yeah. you know, the whole time you, you've been talking, I've been kind of imagining because you kept talking about the interconnectedness of people and networks of people and networks of scientists. And then I was imagining the mycelium underground <laughs> making these networks and overground people making these networks. And I was just kind of seeing the universe light up around us. I mean, when the mycelium is the economy of nature. For those people who are skeptics or more on the practical um, side of the fence, um, evolution rewards the economy of nature. Economic systems that are biologically efficient survive better than ones that are, that are not. So, in, uh, on our capitalistic society, you know, I believe we have to be ecologically rational and economically profitable and sustainable. And if you aren't, you, know, you can't have one in without the other. The tree need to go together. So, what ultimately is sustainable, and this goes back to basic Judaic, Islamic, Christian beliefs. You know, you want to take care of your body, take care of your house, take care of your farm. Because that farmland is for the next generation. What right do you have to rob your children's future? Think about that. You have no right. What right do you have to dishonor your ancestors who gave you a better life to begin with than their ancestors? It only happens if you can be economically sustainable and ecologically rational. The two of those build a foundation that is massively more powerful than, than any contrarian or the Machiavellian view of quick to get rich, take it from the next generation, because you're older and die, and you can't take it with you. So I go back, I'm gonna die with a smile on my face and my wealth is going to be coming from smiles and babies' faces. And then back to Stardust. And there we go again. Thank you, St. Paul. Thank you for being here. Congratulations again. Lifetime Achievement Award winner for NBJ. It's been such a pleasure to have you here in Philadelphia for our, our last Expo East. And just such a joy. Thank you. So in this edition of The List, we're going to do something a little bit different since what you just heard was our interview with Paul Stamets following his keynote. We also wanted to give an overview of some of the key takeaways from that keynote at Natural Products Expo East. You can also find the full keynote video on newhope.com and YouTube. Okay, so number one on the list. The principles that drive Paul Stamets' work can and should be applied by anyone doing business in the natural products industry. These principles are kindness, courage, strength, and wisdom. And that's certainly something we talked about in our interview. Yes. The second is investing in being climate positive is the future of sustainable business. Everyone needs to be up to speed on scopes one, two, and three emissions. He asked this question during his keynote, what, maybe five hands went up to say we know what this is, and it really proved that this is an area of great improvement. 
for the industry and need for improvement for the industry. Collaboration has the potential to help us achieve great things. He said, we're all on this earth ship together and we need to protect our climate and our ecosystem for future generations. We need to build bridges, not divides. Next up was understanding the difference between mycelium and fruit bodies, which you do, Adrian. I do, do now I do. Is critical. The current mycelium versus fruiting body debate is what Paul Stamets described as a false argument that is frankly perplexing to us scientists. The parts of a mushroom should be scientifically specific. Mushroom spores, mushroom mycelium, and mushroom fruit body. I love this next one. I thought this was absolutely fascinating. Archaeological evidence highlights human use of mushrooms to fuel journeys of physical and spiritual healing for at least 2,000 years from Egypt to the Aztec Empire. And he showed all these fantastic images of hieroglyphics with mushrooms appearing. It was just absolutely fascinating. It made, made me want to go do some research into that on my own. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that history lesson as well. Next up, research is increasingly supporting mushrooms for addressing depression, anxiety, and more. Mushrooms may fuel neurogenesis and fight age-related cognitive and physical decline. With the Stamet stack, which is his combination of lion's mane, mushroom, mycelium, psilocybin, and niacin, research is increasingly showing how mushrooms can support mental health. Stamets, during his keynote, said, we are at the cusp of a medical breakthrough in psychiatry and neurology. And just tagging on to that, he also said, psilocybin is the biggest threat to big pharma we've ever seen. Those are some pretty strong words there. Yeah, definitely. And this final one, I, I really appreciated this because it represented the big theme of Natural Products Expo East this year and just of our industry, which is how we can bridge different ways of thinking and different approaches to innovation. Harnessing the power of two-eyed seeing when respectful perspectives bridge indigenous traditions and cutting-edge technology, Stamets said the natural products industry can lead the charge in a paradigm shift in a revolution in the freedom of consciousness. You know what's good for your health? Supplements. You know what else is good for your health? The Naturalist. And you know what's going to be really good for your health? Liking and subscribing to it. You're welcome. Want to be on The Naturalist? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com.